Hi, Kate. Hello. Thank you for joining us on the Contessa cast. Yeah, absolutely. Our members are very excited to hear from you and our little Instagram community. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about you, how you started in CrossFit and what you mostly use your platform for. Um, I actually found CrossFit from a, uh, like a Groupon website. <laughs> Oh. I don't know if you remember those. Like, if they were really popular about 10 years ago. They'd send out, like, uh, emails to offer vouchers and things for companies that would, you know, sell some kind of special. And uh, you could buy the vouchers online. So I bought, like, a 30 days unlimited CrossFit voucher for, like, $30. And I went once. And you went <laughs> and once? I was like, I was like, I'm not going to go back. Like, I'm not going to do it again. So I went for my last session, um, my second session, planning on making it my last. And I was like, look, I just, I don't think I can afford it. I don't think it's for me. At the time, I had a gym membership at another place, and I was also working the front desk of a gym. Um, but the the coach there, she was also the owner. She just totally sucked me in. <laughs> she was absolutely lovely. Um, and I think the experience of having someone who knew my name after I'd only been there once, when the previous gym that I'd been at, you know, I'd, I, I'd gone to kindy in that gym because my parents had been at that gym and no one knew who I was. And I was like, this is unreal. I've been to this place twice, and they know my name. And this other gym that I've been going to for my entire life, they don't even know who I am. So I was like, you know what? I love the people. Like, I'm in. So, uh, yeah, that was what kind of started it. And then it just snowballed. Um, so, yeah, there's no, like, crazy interesting story. I just was another person looking to be healthy and fit and stay in shape. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of happened. I love it. I love um, that it was Groupon. I do remember early days of CrossFit. There, that was, like, the main source yeah. of advertising a lot of, a lot of boxes did. Mm. That was like the only sort yeah, of thing because it was sort of before Facebook. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't really like online marketing in the same way that there is today. Yeah. Um, and then my Instagram started as like kind of a, the same thing. Like I wasn't meant to start an Instagram CrossFit. I was just <laughs> doing this thing. And I I didn't want to be that person in my friend circle that always talked about CrossFit. Mm. And all my posts on my personal Instagram were becoming CrossFit posts. <laughs> So I was like, oh, this is, I felt, I felt a little bit embarrassed. I was like, oh, I don't want to like annoy people with this stuff that I'm doing. <laughs> and I started a separate page, which was CFK. And it was like a quiet little page that no one knew about that I had, you know, no followers. And I just put all my CrossFit stuff on there. And then my personal page, I put all my personal stuff on there. And, uh, and then eventually all my friends started following my CrossFit page. And then that one, yeah, just kind of like took off and, I got a bigger following and now it's something that I kind of utilize to just, I guess I don't necessarily have like a, what do I want to use my platform for? It's more about, Hey, I just, I just want to share my story and my version of life and the challenges that I face. And if that resonates with people or if that helps people, then that's really, really cool. But um, yeah, it's just more of a, a platform for sharing. Yeah. Anything. Nice. Perfect. And how, how long have you been sort of sharing stuff about your life and, Specifically, like so, so much. I know that a lot of women resonate with so much that you share. So all, all that side of the things. How, how long have you been doing that for? Um, I mean, I started that crossfit page in like 2014, mm-hmm. but I probably started sharing more personal stuff that was around like I was talking about periods, and then I was talking about my adult acne, and then I started to talk about more and more interesting things with regards to nutrition and weight loss and weight gain and, and body image. Mm-hmm. So that stuff probably started happening maybe maybe like three or four years ago 
Yeah. Where I started just, I mean, that was when I was dealing with some hormonal stuff myself and I was trying to address this acne thing that was going on. So I just sort of started talking about it and suddenly got all this really exciting feedback about it where people just wanted to know more. And I was like, well, I'll go and find out, you know, what I can find out and, and give you guys, you know, empower you with my resources so that you can help yourself. Um, and, and that's kind of what began it. It was like a, hey, like, this is where I'm at with my skin and this is what I'm trying to do about it. And people got really interested. So, yeah. That's cool. So about, would you say you've been learning about this hormonal period cycles, all that sort of stuff, you've been learning about it or um, sort of educating yourself on it for the last four years? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And so what would what would be the main reason that you started tracking your cycle and when did you start tracking your cycle exactly? So I have been tracking my cycle with just the day of the cycle. So just like when I started bleeding to when I stopped bleeding and whereabouts in my, like, you know, what day I was during my cycle. I was, I've been tracking that for uh, probably seven or eight years now, like a, mm-hmm. a fairly good amount of time since my early 20s, just using like an app. And it was just like, okay, well, this is day one of my period and this is the last day. And that so just tells you, you know, what day you're on. So that was purely telling me the number of days in my cycle. Um, and then when I realized, like when I had my skin just like shit hit the fan, it was just, it went, it was awful. And I also lost my period for a little while with uh, overtraining and under eating. So when I kind of went through that, I was like, okay, I need to pay closer attention to this and, and just understand it better because I know that there's a way to interpret my health through this. Um, and losing my period was like, quite a big wake-up call like it was not necessarily a wake-up call in terms of like ah, oh my god like I need to I need to like fix this and address it it was a wake-up call in terms of I need to understand my cycle better like if it's just going to disappear on me and I don't know why like there's a problem mm. um and I need to know how to get it back if that happens so it was more of a wake-up call in terms of understanding my own body mm. um so yeah I think it was it was during probably the year like 2000 and 15 2016 like that was when I lost my period and and stuff was going on so yeah that was kind of when I really started to get interested in tracking and that was when I basically invested a whole lot of money in books and just trying to like learn about it so I started reading um uh tracking your fertility uh no it's not called tracking your fertility uh it's it's like it's like the the thesaurus of um symptothermal method or um fertility awareness method of tracking um and so i got this like uh um oh are you there i think i've lost you about periods and uh just basically one found a few resources online that i was utilizing i found some facebook groups um and just started learning how to chart my period and i was using daisy which is the thermometer that charts your temperature for you um but it only uses basal body temperature so it only uses your temperature it doesn't use any other um health metrics Mm. so i basically shifted from that to doing it on my own with cervical fluid and cervix position when my daisy broke so i'd been using daisy for about 18 months it broke i'd been frustrated with it anyway because it had been really inconsistent for me i hadn't been able to find any consistent patterns like it couldn't figure out my cycle because my basal body temps were really inconsistent based on just generally I think what it is is just stress from training like being an Mm. athlete it's really hard to get consistent temperatures um so yeah I shifted to using like a you know 12 or 13 below thermometer from chemist warehouse and started tracking my cervical fluid and cervix position on top of that and that was when I started to really understand the pattern 
What I love about that part of the story is that when you struggle with it or when you realize that there was something going on, you didn't just go to someone who could fix it. You decided to like research it and understand it yourself. Yeah, I think it was, um, I guess it's like, you know, when you have to go through something, it's there to teach you something. Like it's there for a purpose. And like, I was working with a naturopath with my skin um, to try and figure out, you know, like, hey, what's the way that I can remedy this without going on Rakutane? But, um, yeah, no, I just think, you know, when you have that opportunity, I think it's probably the coach in me that was like, yeah. hey, it's the same thing I did when I, like, I have always had a very immature squat. I've always had tight ankles. Like, I just, I'm not built to squat. And so I spent, like, years working on my squat, and it was just, like, an opportunity for me to, get the information of how to fix this thing, how to address it, how to give people the help that they need by figuring it out for myself. Mm. Going the going the long way, I guess, helps you get other people there if they need it. Okay, so in no particular order, random questions. Training before or during your period when you feel like shit or nah. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I think a lot of people approach this as like a yes or no option, Mm. right? Like people are like, well, I feel awful. If I go into the gym, I'm going to have to do all my training. I'm just going to be brutal and hard and like I don't really want to do it, but I feel like I should and I'm going to guilt myself into doing it or I'm not going to do it and I'm going to feel guilty the whole time. And then the other option is like, well, I just won't do it at all and and then I need to make up for that day and like da-da-da. Like there is a middle ground and people need to give themselves the opportunity to go into the gym and just move. And you can kind of approach it in a couple of different ways. Go in, start warming up for your session as normal. Do the class, jump into the warm up and see how you feel once you start moving. Because the product of exercise, no matter where you are in your cycle, no matter whether, you know, no matter your gender is we don't feel good until after we've done it. And so sometimes you have to go in not wanting to do it to get the benefit of it. And you feel good once you've finished your session. So going in and starting moving, sometimes you get that little hit of endorphins and you start feeling good and you, and you realize that you can actually go and you're going to be fine. Now, the option that, or the, the alternative version of that is that you start moving and you still just feel slow. You feel a little bit low energy. You feel like you're not firing. You feel a little fuzzy in the head, like you're feeling uncoordinated. So then you can change the workout. You you have it within your rights as a human being, as a member of the gym, as an athlete, to change that workout to make it more suitable for where your head is that day. Mm. Something that we talk about in CrossFit is that everybody needs intensity, but intensity is relative. And that's why we say that grandma can do CrossFit and, and, a, and a games athlete can do CrossFit. It's just, that it, it's just that it has to differ by degree. So it doesn't differ by kind, it just differs by degree. And that's where we adjust the, the intensity according to each individual's physical and psychological tolerances. And it's the same thing that happens for a woman throughout their cycle. It's like, hey, there are going to be days where your tolerance for intensity is just lower. And that's okay. Adjust the intensity down accordingly. So that could mean that if you go in and you do the workout and you just feel like, you know what, today's not a good day. Sit on the bike for 10 minutes and leave it at that. That's all right. Do 30 minutes of stretching and rolling out. So literally go in, do the warm-up, tell the coach, hey, I'm not feeling very well. I'm just going to sit on the bike. Coach be like, okay, that's cool. Hopefully they'll ask a little bit more about it and be like, hey, what's going on? What's happening? You just be like, I'm just on my period. I'm about to my period and I feel awful. So I hope that's cool. And they'll be like, yeah, totally understandable. 
sit on the bike and just cruise and then stretch. Like that's an option. Um, or if you want to lift or if you want to do something, just dial it back. Like give, I guess what I'm saying is let yourself off the hook. If that happens a few times out of the month or a, a week out of the month, that is totally okay. Like I think we have to appreciate that our body's not going to perform at its best in that week. Um, especially if you're someone who is heavily impacted by like symptoms, period symptoms or PMS symptoms, um, like before your period, then just dial it back and you'll know that the week of your period or the week after your period, you're going to feel better again and you're going to be able to hit that intensity at a higher um, tolerance, I guess. So there's that middle ground where it's like, hey, it doesn't have to be like a yes or no option. It's like, a, hey, you can go in and see how you feel. And if you feel good, do the workout. If you don't feel good, adjust it down and just do a little movement, maybe do some stretching and rolling out and then go home. Mm -hmm. And then the next day, judge it by how you feel on that day again. Um, so yeah, I think just letting yourself off the hook to a degree, knowing that the workout that's written down, you shouldn't feel so attached to that, that you don't know how to listen to your own body. Like, you know, I know that a lot of us are like, well, there's a workout written and I should do it as it is. And like, you know, I, I should be strong enough to be able to get through it. I don't care about my period. Like I should just be like, you know, build power. And it's like, Hey, no, learn to rest. Like the power that you gain from learning when to rest means that the next day or the next week you can come in and push that much harder. Like resting is an, a really important part of your cycle and learning how to do that is, is really good. So, yeah, I think sometimes, and even with that question, you know, like, hey, should I train before my period or not? It's like sometimes what people are really looking for when asking that is just permission to not train, which is why I'm, I often say, and like I, I did a couple of posts recently on my uh, social media where it's like, hey, if you want to train less, that's okay. Yeah. Just because it, it, people just need to be armed with the, it's okay to not train, the mm. permission, the, hey, rest, it's cool, resting is good. Um, give your body that space yeah I love that and that's definitely something that we see a lot of in the gym is people will look at the board and go well if I can't do that then I won't come at all um, yeah and so, it's like no yeah <laughs> please come sit on the bike it's not either or it's like you can you can just cruise in or or if you do need to stay at home you can stay at home as well it's yeah. like but just don't feel like you have to look at the board and you're you're tied to doing that like once you're in your end it's like no you can you can adjust it accordingly definitely awesome are you actually physically weaker during your period or the week before um and what can we do to help not feel that way Okay, on like based on studies and research from Raw, which is by Dr. Stacey Sims, she'll show you studies where like they can actually say, hey, we, we have examples where women in this particular phase of their cycle will not produce the same results as they do in a different phase of their cycle. So, for example, the luteal phase, that's the back end of your period. They can show that, hey, um, like power production is less, risk of injury is higher, coordination is reduced. So there's a few things that can come up. However, based on a study, like that will give you some information, but it's not information that's specific to the individual. And what I find, especially personally, is that where my head is at will impact my performance output more than my cycle. Mm -hmm. um, so if I go in and I just feel flat, like I, I just feel like I'm, I'm like not in it and I'm not willing to fight and I just don't have that push that day, that's the thing that impacts my performance. Mm. But there are days, you know, the week before my period or on my period where I don't feel good, but I've got that fight. I'm just like, fuck it, I need a session. I want to go hard. I want to hurt. And I will go hard and I will perform just as well, if not better, than in my follicular phase. 
So I think a lot of this comes down to being a little athlete dependent um, and a little bit more psychological sometimes than physiological. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not to say that, you know, if you're not feeling it, that's the reason that you're not performing. The reason you're not performing is also potentially the cause for you not feeling it, right? So it's a little bit of like, it, it can be both. Um, but yeah, I, I personally find that if I haven't slept well, if I'm not taking care of like just myself in general, if I'm feeling a little unorganized or like flustered that week or there's a couple of days where I'm really busy and stressed out, that will be why I don't perform well. Mm-hmm. But if I take care of those things, if I take care of the basics of, hey, have I been sleeping well? Have I been going to bed on time? Am I on my screen late at night or am I putting my phone down? Um, what's my nutrition looking like? Am I eating out a lot or am I cooking my own food with like lots of whole foods? So based on those things, I can generally ensure that the week prior to my period, I'm going to perform my best. But if you're that person that on your period is like, fuck it, I'm just going to eat chocolate and binge on Netflix all night. Like, it's not necessarily that you're feeling shitty because of your period. It's because of the decisions you've been making, maybe because of your period. So it's like those lifestyle factors are really what's feeding into your difference in performance than your actual period. So there's a lot of variables. It's always going to be individual dependent. Um, But I do believe that there is a way to mentally overcome a lot of those physical things that pop up around your period, especially when they're bolstered up with good lifestyle. Mm, Love it. What about um, when you've got a really heavy period and you're you're not – I guess it sort of falls back into that other question, but is it okay to train if you felt okay to train if you've got a really heavy period? Yeah, absolutely. It's okay to train. Um, Those days, like – I guess it depends on the person. Again, it's, it's a lot of these questions. It is really like, well, it, it, it depends. depends. Like it depends on the person. Um, but yeah, if you if you feel good, like there, how you feel is how you feel. And if you feel good, you're good. Yeah. If you're feeling like you're cramping and there's pain and you're lightheaded, then then maybe don't train that day. But if you feel good, having a heavy period isn't a reason to not train. Yeah, awesome. What about cramping? Is there any anything you know about or any studies on? on cramping can exercise help with it can it make it worse or is it really dependent on individual uh so general lifestyle factors is the thing that's going to improve cramping like what it is is it's the prostaglandins in the body so we like and that's also what will produce like if you have constipation before your period and then you have diarrhea as your period begins like it's all to do with like your body just like working it's like working through that cycle so you, in general, like taking care of your overall health consistently is the best thing you can do to reduce those symptoms. Um, it, it can be a matter of like, uh, so again, I'm going to refer to Dr. Stacey Sims. Um, she's awesome. Like if, if you guys aren't following her, like she's just such a great resource. She will talk about taking magnesium and um, uh, baby Advil, so just like a, a basic painkiller um in the days leading up to your period when you need it so Mm. if you have got like bad cramps that that could be one an indicator that there's something in your lifestyle that's out of whack so whether it's sleep or food or stress stress is a really big one stress as much as we think exists you know in our head and in our schedule and in our routines 
stress really, really heavily impacts the body. Um, and so for me personally, my periods are always worse when I'm going through months of stress. So um, the beginning of the lockdown last year, it was like around the world, women's periods just went awful. Like wow. either they didn't get their period or they experienced much more extreme symptoms than normal. And it was just like this crazy high report from like practitioners um, and people that are, you know, people like Stacey Sims or people um, like Maisie Hill or people like Lara Bryden talking about, hey, like we are getting all these reports from people just giving us feedback through social media and like our online platforms. Like I've lost my period and my period's really long. My period's really short. My period's really heavy. I'm only spotting like what's going on. And it was just the stress of this pandemic hitting the world, hitting, you know, women who like have a regular period and that stress just impacting their cycle. So when you've got things like heavy periods or cramping or any other symptom, that is uh, always a red flag for like, hey, what's going on in your life? And I would generally look at stress levels first. Wow. And if, you're, if you are maxed out with stress, there's a really good chance that that's why you're having like these different symptoms with your period. That's insane, which isn't is, it? Yeah, which, which is really like, um, I think a lot of like female athletes that have like that lose their period, really when we think about what happens when we have a lack of energy, the body is just in this crazy state of stress. So yeah. you're not eating enough to support the, the work that you're doing. So your body, like one, doesn't have the resources to fuel the workout. Um, but two, it's like, that's a lot of stress on the body. Like it, it's all, it really all comes down to stress. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and nutrition and sleep and just all, all of it, like, yeah, it kind of is like, yeah. those are all the things that will move the needle the most in terms of whatever the, the goals are that you have with your cycle or with your health. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, but I think a lot of people are like really hyper-focused on training and really mm-hmm. hyper-focused on nutrition. And then if they go outside of the realms of those two things, maybe they'll look at sleep and maybe they'll look at recovery but I think we just think that stress kind of exists in its own little bubble yeah like it doesn't you know like it's it's a separate thing like it exists in a vacuum and it's like no 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 (laughs) unfortunately I'm sorry no stress is all around us and whenever you feel it whether you feel it as nervousness or anxiety or just general overwhelm or busyness whenever you feel stress it is impacting your body, like physically, very, very physically. And it will impact things like what's happening with your hormones and what's happening. So, um, okay, regular period. A regular period. Okay. So let's, uh, like, it's not like there's like a, oh, well, this is normal and this is abnormal. It's just like there's general things that we see and general things that are marked for a healthy period. Um, so we talk about 28 days as like a healthy cycle length, but it can be anywhere from like, 25 to like 33 days like it can be quite broad like uh, maybe 25 is starting to get a little bit on the low side but but there's not like if you're not bang on 28 you've got a problem it's like there's a window there's a bit of a range there um so let's say like 26 to 31 32 Mm -hmm. um what we expect is that ideally we're going to see ovulation happen somewhere between day 12 to day like 17 and day 18 like we generally see it written in textbooks is like it's going to happen on day 14 but again like the 28 day cycle like that's just not not the reality of like human existence we don't you know like live according to like these rules so you'll generally see ovulation around day say like 10 11 12 up to day 17 18 mm-hmm. um and then with regards to the things that happen with our hormones 
what we need is we need estrogen to get very high before ovulation because estrogen hits this threshold and that's what releases the egg. When the egg is released, that's when you ovulate. And so estrogen's done its job. Estrogen will drop back down. Once the egg is released, the follicle that's released the egg then goes and produces progesterone for us. So after we've ovulated, the reason that we can use um, basal body temperature to track our cycle is that our body temperature increases with the increase of progesterone. So that's how we know we've ovulated. When we see our body temperature increase by like 0.3 degrees for three consecutive days, we're, we're like, okay, we can confirm ovulation. Um, so progesterone will start to rise up after ovulation. And, and then there's another little rise of estrogen that happens about five days out from your period. Hmm. So that's when, like, that's when you feel PMS. Like your um, hormones are all like a pretty big high. And then right as your period hits, they've all come back down and they've stabilized. They're all back at normal once you're on your period, which is why being on your period can be advantageous for performance. Some people experience that. Some people don't. Like, I personally experienced it. Day one of my period, I perform my best. Wow. Day two, three, not as well. But day one, like, I will regularly PB. I hit the gym and I feel really good again. Like, I just I just had that, that little, like, I feel good. Um, generally speaking, in the week before my period, I have a really high heart rate. Um, I'm, I don't sleep as well because I get hot at night or because I'm, like, we can also have melatonin production suppressed. Um, but once you're on your period, it's like, they say that our physiology is more similar to men um, once we're in our period. So that oh. like that just that evenness, that consistent energy, that like nothing's really impacting you with regards to your body. There's no like once you're kind of through that potential like cramp or um, like just not feeling great phase in the early part of your cycle. Once you're past that and you feel just normal again, that's how men feel like every day. <laughs> and you're just like, what the hell? This is unreal. <laughs> like you know, not emotional. You don't cry. Like you know, anything like. You just feel good and feel kind of happy and just stable. Like that's your hormones being stable. Um, so that's kind of what we can see in a, and I guess a, a regular period. Um, with regards to, I, I don't really, I think in terms of like other symptoms, like I said, like I noticed that I have a higher heart rate and I mm-hmm. notice things that have been on my period. So what you tend to find is that each person will have their own pattern of what's regular for them. So um, that's why tracking is so awesome. So we can start to identify like, hey, what's normal for me? What do I, what do I expect? And what's something that comes up every month? Um, and then what happens is, so for my clients, for example, when they're like, man, I just had such a bad training day. And I'm like, hey, what day of your period? Is it? And they're like, oh, it's like day 25. And I'm like, okay, well, surprise, surprise. Like you're a week out from or less than a week out from your period. Like, of course, you're going to have some bad days right now. Like that makes sense. Or I have a, peer, a client who's like, oh, I tried to hit a PB and I just like, I couldn't. I don't know why. I just, I, I felt really strong last week and this week it's like, it's all gone to shit. And like, I just, all this work and it's just not paying off. And I'm like, whoa, 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 buddy. Like, what day of your cycle is it? And they're like, oh, it's like, you know, day, day 28. Like, it'll be right there. And I'm like, hey, that's okay. Like, we're going to do this at list again next week. And I want to see how you feel because this, this is actually just based on where you're at with your cycle. So, so, like, just become just becoming aware of, hey, what day of your cycle is it and, and what's happening and then starting to see if these patterns repeat themselves to help you understand. So, like, for me, even with my partner, I will usually get upset about something or want to have a talk about something the week before my period. Like, it's just, like, that's when I'm more emotional. Mm. So that's when I'm like, hey, something's bothering me. Like, I need to talk about it. Or, like, if I cry, it's always the week before my period. Yeah. So it's like... 
like those are things that you notice with regards to what happens to you again it's like it's so easy to be like well it depends on the individual but it's like okay well here's a way for you to figure out what what it is so um yeah i think um some of the basics around like length and when you ovulate and what your hormones should be doing like you, you can kind of understand that but um with regards to how it actually impacts your day-to-day life that's a really important piece and that's super individual so just beginning to track it and like i mean i just use an app and i put in my symptoms for those days or when things pop up i check where i'm at and just become aware of like what's happening so for me for a really long time i'd always have back pain on day 19 and that was because it was correlated with when i ovulated yeah um, and i i will still get that occasionally i'll still have a little bit of pain when i ovulate so like i'll get a little bit of um it, it feels a bit like cramping yeah. um i know some women who spot like lightly on their period and that can be a sign of just having like a little bit higher progesterone sometimes um so yeah it's just anything that comes up it can be an indicator of what's happening with your hormones or it can be an indicator of just like where you're at with your cycle and and how that impacts you yeah i i personally i get erratic and moody as shit and i think everyone is just like out to get me (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely like it's so insane. Like I can let go of things very easily in my uh, follicular phase. But when I'm in my luteal phase, like I just think on things a lot. Yeah. So like with my partner, it's like any little thing, like I'll kind of sit on it and like it will fester a little bit. And then I'm like, I need to talk to you about something. And he's <laughs> like, why is this such like, what, where did the, like, have yeah. you been thinking about this for a while? And I'm like, well, I've just been thinking about it for the last like couple of days and it's bothering me. So I just wanted to say something. And he's like, okay, that's cool. And then like, we'll have a big talk about it. And it's good. Like we'll always talk. But then the next week I'm like totally over it. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah. Like, why, why was that a thing? Why was I so upset about that? Like, <laughs> yeah. I've given myself so, a yeah. rule the week before my period. I'm not allowed to make decisions at the gym. Any, any, <laughs> like my staff know this about me too. They're like, don't let, let's talk about it next week because like, exactly. yeah, it's just like well, not I mean, a good time. The degree. So Nicole Jardin, she runs a podcast called the period party and it is excellent. It is so good. And it's, pretty short like that usually half hour episodes um but she's such a fantastic person to listen to she's written a book as well um and she interviews like lara bryden who's a period repair manual and she's also just written hormone repair manual she also interviews alexandra pope who is this and she sounds like julie andrews like she just has this beautiful voice i love listening to her she talks a lot about menopause and perimenopause but um yeah great great podcast and what they are talking about in that particular podcast with alexandra pope is hey, she doesn't schedule her podcast for her luteal phase. Yeah. The week before her period or like a couple of days from her period, she clears her schedule because she knows that it's like, that's not a good time for her to like be really focused and be making like, you know, interviewing people and talking to people and having these kinds of conversations. She's just like, I, I don't, I'm not at my best. So I just plan my schedule out at that, at that time of my period. Love it. Which I'm like, I love that. Like, like scheduling your life around where you are is just such a cool thing. So good. And what about, is all that normal though? So like having mood swings and, you know, PMS, all that sort of stuff. Like, is there a point where it's, it's not normal, I guess, or too much? Yeah. So for me, um, and I'm going to talk about myself because I just, I, that's my best example. Um, I, I know that the goal is a symptomless period. That's always my goal. And I do that through moving my body. I do that by making sure that I like get training and I, I make sure that I eat well as well. I, I do that by ensuring I'm eating enough carbohydrates and fats. Like I'm not being extreme with my diet. I'm making sure that I'm like always hitting enough calories. And then my sleep, like I have to be on top of my sleep and have this like good sleep routine and, and good sleep hygiene before bed. So I'm always doing these things that 
are working towards having a symptom-free period. But I also know that I don't always get that, and that's okay. So there will be days where I'll have, like, a more crampy period where I'll just, like, I just, for a day, I'm like, I, I, like, it hurt. I can't stand up. Like, it's just, like, it's just every now and again it will happen. I also had the last, uh, not the, my most recent cycle, but for about three or four cycles before that, I had really big, swollen, sore boobs. And was like, this is, this is like uh, something that can happen to me occasionally. And so I, I kind of didn't worry about it. But then once it had been three cycles in a row, I was like, okay, it's, it's time to try and do something about this. And so I've just been taking an additional, additional supplement to try and address it. And it's worked. So this past cycle, I didn't have that happen. So I guess there's not necessarily like a, okay, well, you can allow for this much in terms of um, moodiness or cramps or like how heavy your period is or how much it like how much this is impact you it's not like a hey you can allow for this much change in you know the kind of person that you want to be or the kind of like like your your uh satisfactory levels of i guess health um but i guess it's what what's consistent um what's consistent doesn't necessarily always have to be consistent so i think like yeah, I wish I could give you a clear answer on what's normal and what's not normal, but I think there's going to be some things that bother you, like, each month. Like, I'll usually have a little bit of, like, pain every month, but it's kind of bearable. It's not a problem. It's, like, just one day of, like, oh, I kind of get a little bit crampy. Mm-hmm. When it gets worse, I'll take note of it, but I don't immediately action it. I'll wait for another month or two of that to repeat itself mm. before I worry about it. So that was the same thing with, like, getting sore tender boobs. It was, like... I noticed it. I didn't really worry about it until it had happened three or four times in a row. Yeah. So I guess that's, that's a one way to address it. It's like, hey, if it's just a one-off, then maybe it's not a problem. But if it's happening all the time, then yes, it is a problem because the goal is a symptomless period. Yeah. So, so the next question I have is how important is tracking if you choose high-intensity training like CrossFit based on what you okay. just said? So important and so important not even if you're not doing any training. Like if you don't cross it, I wish every single woman would track their period. Yeah. The reason for it is is it tells you so much about your body and your health. It means that when things come up you have a way to not diagnose, but a way to in, I guess um, interpret things. So like for me, now that I've been tracking my cycle for four or five years when stuff comes up, like like I said before, when stuff comes up in my relationship, I can look at where I'm at in my cycle and interpret why I'm feeling certain ways about things. Mm. Or when you're taking big risks, for example, like I'm in my uh, follicular phase at the moment and I get really like, screw it, I'm going to do something wild. Like I just, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm totally fearless. And I signed up for a half Ironman yesterday. You know, nice. like I just had these moments of being super <laughs> impulsive, which is great and I love it. But, like, I know that some of that stuff's attached to that. When I get heartburn or indigestion, I get that always before my period. So it's like it's like digestion seems like it's unrelated, right? But it's not because it happens every time the week before my period. Mm. So it's like all these things can really just come back to when your menstrual cycle is. So that's the first step. The second reason is that, yes, with training, it can help you understand why you're performing a certain way. It can also help you understand, hey, if I have a certain thing that I'm striving towards, like strength gains or aerobic gains, it can help you 
figure out when you want to test those things. So like if you're planning on joining an Olympic weightlifting competition, hey, maybe you're going to choose a weekend that's not the weekend before your period. Mm. Like pick a date that works in line with where you're going to be at your best. Same thing with doing something like an endurance event or a crossfit competition. And then moving out from training, it's going to help you understand your sleep and, and like just other things around your life. Um, but then if you want to have kids, you need to understand your fertility and understanding your period is understanding your fertility because when we ovulate, that's when we, when we become fertile. You don't, you're not fertile every day of your month, yeah. every day of the month. So learning when you're actually fertile is a super important part of actually trying to, one, get pregnant. And then also when you've had a kid, for getting your period back and understanding when your body is starting to kind of stabilize after having, you know, a child. 100%. And then beyond that, yeah, it's just crazy. It's like we go through so many shifts in our life. Yeah. And like there's these really critical periods where, you know, we have puberty when we're in our teens. We potentially have children in our 20s or 30s or 40s. Like, so you go through another big change and then you go through perimenopause and you go through and then you're in menopause. And that's another critical change in your life. And it's all directed by hormones. Mm. So you have to, if you understand your body, and you understand how your period affects you and the things to look out for with your cycle. When you go and have kids, you're going to understand that process a lot better. And it's going to make that really interesting. And you're going to learn even more about your body because more change is going to happen. And then when you go into perimenopause, which on average is seven years, like we start and experience these symptoms for a very long period of time before you actually are in menopause because you're not menopausal until you've not had a period for 12 months. If you're not tracking your period and you start tracking it then, when it starts to get inconsistent, it's, it's almost like it's, it's too hard. It's, it's actually really difficult to do that because you don't understand what the cycle is, what, what time of the cycle you're in. Like, it's, it's really hard to interpret. It's like, man, we need to get there before we get to that point. Just learning and understanding that stuff is going to carry us through our entire lives. Like, it's just such beneficial information. Huge. I, um, I was thinking about that the other day when someone was talking to me, me about periods and when I, um, when me and my husband decided to have our kid and fall pregnant, mm. I, I didn't know. I didn't like, isn't that crazy? I was, I think I was 24, yeah. 24 when we yeah. decided and I had no idea. So I was just like, well, yeah. I guess we just bang every day for a month and see yeah, what happens. Right? Like, <laughs> like, how many days in a row can we have sex? Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, much. I didn't know until, yeah. yeah, it was until I started working with the sports dietitian um, yeah. afterwards um, like two years after and I didn't have a period yeah. I didn't have one back uh, I see. In, yeah. insane so I, that's when I actually started looking into it and yeah pretty much for the first time in my life I'm 31 now and I've only yeah. had a regular period for like 18 months in my entire wow. life well, congratulations. thank you oh, awesome. thank you very Yay. very pumped <laughs> oh how amazing yeah that's a really interesting thing like it just I think it kind of speaks to how how little information is being taught in school mm. for one and then how little women probably talk about it and, and, and understand it as well like yeah. I think you know I, it's yeah it's it's, it's crazy it, it really is crazy yeah. it's like this thing that affects us for a majority of our lives you yeah. know like we, we don't really understand it I think my mum probably tried to talk to me about it not that I think I'm going to talk to her I don't even reckon she would know much about it in terms of all this yeah. sort of stuff but she tried to the poor thing and I was just like yeah. no no mate like just <laughs> No, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I won't keep you for much longer, Kate, but one well, two more questions. Mm. If there was one thing that our girls could start doing right now to help support their training in relation <laughs> to their cycle and everything else, what would it be? Or a couple if you've got a couple. 
Okay, I'm going to give you two. Okay. One is track your period. That's mm-hmm. like the first really obvious one, track your period. And then the second is go and get a book about periods. And whether it's a hard copy or an audio book, just go and get a book. And, and you know what? That can start as if you're not ready to commit to reading about it, go and follow some people on social media that are putting out information about it. So um, Lara Bryden, Dr. Jolene Bryden, Nicole Jarden, Maisie Hill, um, who else can I think of? Lauren Curtin, um, The Moon Box. She's awesome. She sends out boxes that it's a subscription form where she helps address period symptoms naturally. Um, she's, she puts out great, great information. Um, and then there's uh, fertility tracking, or uh, sorry, fertility charting on Instagram. She's an Aussie girl. She's awesome as well. And she talks a lot about tracking your cycle using um, charts. So she has a great website as well, fertilitytracking.com, I believe it is. Um, and she is one of the first persons that, the first people that I use to figure out how to start tracking. Um, so yeah, just get, get, get into tracking your period and, and just get an app on your phone. And it doesn't have to be super complex. I use Kandara. It's my favorite because it allows me to put in all of my symptoms, whatever they may be, whether it's mood, heartburn, high heart rate, um, poor sleep, pimples, cold sores, whatever it can be. It also allows you to put in your body temperature, your cervical position, and your cervix, uh, your cervical fluid. So you can, if you want to go to that point, you don't have to start there. But if you want to do that, then beginning with Kandara is a nice way to kind of like start your journey with tracking. Can you spell um, that one then, for yeah. me, just for the girls? Yes, K I N D A R A. Awesome. Um, and it's it's like I put in, you know, I'm basically on that app every day because I also put in things like when I've had sex, whether it was protected, unprotected withdrawal, if there was insemination, if someone's trying to get pregnant. Um, so it can help you track all of those things. Awesome. And, and it will, you can look at your cycles from every, you know, every month that you've tracked over the past however long. So like I can see, okay, last month was 28 days. The month before that was 24 days. The month before that was 31 days. The month before that was 32 days. And just see, hey, what's the average for me? What's going on? And then I can look back and it just, it just helps consolidate all the information in, in one place. Perfect. So start tracking and then start getting resources. Follow people that put out that kind of information. If not, go and buy a book. Um, and Period Repair Manual or Beyond the Pill are probably two really good ones. There are, there are so many out there, but I, I like those ones. That's awesome. Thank you so much. The last question, off yeah. subject. You excited yeah. for the open? I am so excited. <laughs> um, I actually just saw Dave's restaurant's clue. It's 21.1 and it's just like this lion carcass on the ground. You bought like, what, oh sorry? God. He put up, you know how he puts up his clues? Yeah. He put up like this carcass of some animal, like just like this dead like <laughs> oh, no. body. It's like, Great. It's, like, it's like skulls with like teeth. I'm like, okay, well, we're going to die. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Any predictions yeah. for 21.1? Um... I always get them so wrong. <laughs> so do I. Maybe um, it's good fun though. I mean, I mean, uh, something like double unders and burpees and thrusters. You know, something like super simple that everyone can do. That's just going to be like absolutely heartbreaking. Mm. <laughs> well, I really hope we get a uh, dumbbell um, devil's press. Just just one single dumbbell. Just oh, one single. Yeah, that'll be pretty they cool. Have a movement in, a, in an open before so that'd be mm. a cool, like new movement program yeah it would be it would be we'll see yeah i like that all right kate thank you so much for your time yeah absolutely so so good to have you on the girls are gonna be so pumped um, thank you so and much. do you just want to follow up with where we can 
just follow along on the Kate journey. Yeah, CF Kate is where I put out all the information about periods. And I have a highlight on my page as well. That's um, all the stuff I put up out about periods that I've kind of put into one thing. So you can kind of see the posts and things that I put up and any stories that I've done that have kind of been relevant to periods. So yeah, head there. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Have a good day.